Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this week's episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes and SoundCloud to get it automatically. You can like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. You can email me at Josh at MyFirstSketch.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Josh High False. You still have time to submit a video for the Philly Sketchfest Film Festival. And if you want to come out during Philly Sketchfest to help out and volunteer, you can. All that information can be found at phillysketchfest.com. Not to mention we are less than two weeks away from the Bechdel Test Fest. The lineup has been posted and tickets are available at bechdelfest.com. But today's guest is Chris Hodge, currently one half of KC Masterpiece. KC Masterpiece will be performing alongside Pleasure Blimp on February 23rd and 24th at the Philly Improv Theater. He's also a member of the Fit Improv Team Swan Year and the new Fit Sketch Team, which is still known as Codename Bacchus. His first sketch is a short one, with Hodge playing a British housewife and Chris McGee playing her World War I veteran husband. And I'll tell you all the visual information. So let's go to the sketch. Sketch open on a British housewife in the kitchen. Enter her World War II pilot husband. Honey, I'm home from World War One. Oh, that's great, dear. I just made one of them frozen pizzas. Come here. Here, try some. Don't mind if I do. Mmm, yum. This is delicious. Who made it? Uh, I did, just now. No, no. I realize that, that but who is, who is the company that manufactured it? It's so good, I want to write them a letter. Oh, don't, don't worry about it. I'm just glad you like it. Why are you being funny? Hey, is that the box right there under your arm? What box? What arm? Oh, here, give me that. The pilot grabs the pizza box. Red Baron, how dare you? I've been fighting him for months. The wife smiles and shrugs. Make a womp womp sound from offstage. Hey, Hodge. Hey. All right, so tell me where this idea came from. Uh, well, I was a young lad in high school. Wait, wait, hold on. High school? Yeah. Ooh, yeah, I love high school. Yeah, and, uh... I was walking through the supermarket, <laughs> and I was never one of those kids who hated going to the supermarket. Okay. Um, yes, I was a child of heft, but <laughs> I... Uh, it was it was a land of opportunity for you, I guess. Like, yeah. Like, I would always volunteer to my parents. Like, I'd be like, hey, I'm going to go to the supermarket and get you guys some things. And then I would just go and turn my phone off and just have me time. Wait, and, are you that young that you had, like, a phone when you went to the supermarket and as a in high school, yeah. Uh, okay. It was a uh, it was a Nokia. And that that brick that everyone's. Yeah, I think like, I still have reminiscence it because I'm a hoarder. Um, uh, so in high school, you're in the supermarket. You see the Red Baron pizza. I see the Red Baron pizza, and and I'm thinking, hey, uh, just learned about this this World War stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a bad guy. <laughs> Why is America supporting a bad guy? And he's on sale right now. <laughs> Why are we selling his pizzas? Yeah. Um, 
Well, I, I held on to it until college. I never did anything with the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I met uh, one of my best friends, uh, Vince Sprague, and he uh, he and I both kind of wrote this. We hashed it out. I, I told him the idea, and we went mm-hmm. back and forth and uh, put pen to paper and then got out his video camera, and we uh, we did it. So where, in co- where are you in college? I was in college when we, when we what, actually... Like what college? Like I went to Newman University in Aston, PA. Okay. I think I've heard of that. Probably so not. <laughs> <laughs> trying to make you feel better. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I, I had a I'm great time there. Um, so, but, all right. So what makes you think, you know, you have a friend in college. Let's film this. Like, where does that idea come from? Uh, well... I, I guess because uh, I had a kind of a unique sense of humor and uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't until I met uh, my friend Vince that I was actually encouraged to to be really silly like that. Mm-hmm. And he had that same kind of sen- uh, sense of humor and we're just like, let's let's put this on the internet because we don't know anybody who likes this either. So right. let's put it on the internet and get a bigger audience. Right, so it's at the point, like, what you Remember what roughly what year? Uh, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Yeah, around there. So it's at the point where put just putting something on it up on the internet is totally viable. Like, mm-hmm. which yeah you know, is a relatively new phenomenon. I feel. But, yeah. Um. All right. So what were you into like growing up? Like, what were your comedy? What were you watching? What made you laugh as a kid? Oh God, I loved. Uh, Strangers with Candy. Uh, As a kid? Yes. Yeah, I think it was because uh, they had like weird faces and, and <laughs> big reactions to things that didn't make sense. Okay. And uh, the quick dialogue that was very con- uh, like, uh, like condescending mm-hmm. to, to some of the characters. And uh, I was just like, wow, it's fun to be rude sometimes. <laughs> and, and they do it in a way where I don't feel bad because they're horrible people. Yeah, uh- they are absolutely horrible people like i don't i'm i've only seen a few episodes of of the of the series and i've seen the movie so i'm not totally well versed in it i just know that stephen colbert like almost has a moral crisis about it because the whole premise of the show for them was to write the worst possible people (laughs) and become the worst possible people and if you know colbert he's a fairly religious yeah devout person and i know there's always a conflict with him Wow, like, I didn't know that. Yeah, Pat, like after the fact, like, uh, so strangers with, like that. That throws me for a loop. I'm not. I don't ever expect people to bring that one up. I'm sorry. I, no, I always feel like the audience for that was way older than I was, just because I didn't get it at that age or like. So. Well, it it definitely wasn't like new episodes. Like it was right. like okay. a channel that had like old. Uh, yeah, yeah. County Central would re-air everything they've ever produced. Mm-hmm. Almost ad nauseum for a while, which actually they still do because. Before I came down here, there was like a Dimitri Martin comedy special from like ten years ago. <laughs> so, um, what else? Like anything? There was a point where Comedy Central, like, really late at night, was airing um, just Baywatch episodes. Uh, and really, I'm like, okay, I'll <laughs> I'll buy I'll buy this I'll, I'll watch it. And I couldn't stop laughing because it was at a time where um, uh, long enough where Baywatch had ended. And then you're watching this, and you're like, oh, my God, this was a thing. And <laughs> people wrote like this. This is the worst writing I've ever seen. 
people actually pretended people talked like that and like did that. Yeah. Uh, and now there's a Baywatch movie. Oh my god! Coming out. There, there was one where uh, uh, what's the what's the the guy's name? Uh, Hasselhoff. Or? Hasselhoff. Thank you. Yeah, he was a uh, he went into the water to save somebody who was drowning, and it turned out to be a Russian princess <laughs> that uh, was on the run. <laughs> and I'm like, this. How did, how was this a thing? Um, People like this. Do you, I don't know if you're gonna remember this, but do you remember that there was a, a spinoff called uh, Baywatch Nights? I absolutely remember that. Yes. <laughs> where <laughs> D- David Hasselhoff now moonlighting as a cop or a PI or something at night, like <laughs> so so stupid and bizarre. All right, so Strangers with Candy and Baywatch. Uh, what's your introduction <laughs> to sketch comedy? Like, what did you ever watch anything on TV? Oh yeah, um, I remember uh, my parents got HBO and. Uh, so I was just watching Mr. Show, like okay. it was my job. Um, oh my god, I love the flow of it. I've still never done a show like that where you could have each sketch kind of bleed into the next. Yeah. Uh, and I would love to. It's so creative yeah. and just looks nice. But then they also said it's the, the hardest part of the job. Like I, because I, I got when those DVDs came out, or when I finally got those DVDs, I you know I went through all the commentaries and stuff, mm-hmm. and they're just like making everything bleed together was so difficult and like trying to shoehorn in ways of like so yeah. it's, it's totally undertake it if you want to like yeah I mean, but it I, sounds like a hard task i even think like blatantly shoehorning it in is funny yeah um once people know that's what you're doing yeah just like when they would just pan the camera over to an, like a, a movie poster right which right. is just like the next sketch's premise uh do you have like a favorite mr show sketch like something that, that particularly sticks out for you uh yeah I, I think it was from the first episode and it's not the funniest one but it's definitely the one that impacted me the most mm. it's where uh, a guy goes into a convenience store asking if he can break a or if he has change for a dollar mm-hmm. and the clerk's like uh, mm, uh I don't, it goes on for like a while and then he has to call his boss and then the boss has to call his boss it goes on and on up until the, the, the president pre- yeah um and the first, the first, the first interaction, I was just like, it's not, it's not that funny. <laughs> um, but the fact that they committed to this and went all the way up to the president, yeah. and then back down, and completely escalated the whole just wacky scena- like scenario to a, a necessary level. Yeah, it like, made me realize like premise doesn't, premise isn't everything. If you if you commit to yeah. something, um, there's a lot of humor there too. Um, I ask everyone. That's not live because I think you know Sarah, I, when people say sketch comedy, like even theaters in in the city always mention Saturday Night Live when they mention sketch uh, comedy. Or so, do you have a favorite Saturday Night Live cast member historically? Uh, oh gosh, uh, hmm. Is, I think I feel like everybody says this, uh, but Chris Farley probably. Okay, because we were just talking about committing. Yeah, and my God, he commits like he, no other. he committed to everything but uh but also phil hartman i mm-hmm. think because that was the first sketch i remember i was i was very young and uh i was staying i stayed up late uh my mom was watching snl and i didn't know that it was a sketch comedy show and mm-hmm. i see phil hartman dressed as bill clinton okay jogging into a mcdonald's yeah, the mcdonald's sketch sure. and, and i'm just like oh my god Bill Clinton's just jogging into a <laughs> mcdonald's that's that's crazy and i didn't understand that it was not real like so, you thought like you were so convinced that the Phil Hartman and makeup, like really, like was yeah. Bill Clinton, and 
I mean, I was young right. and dumb and didn't know anything about uh, politics except that that guy kind of looked like Bill Clinton. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that sketch came up a couple weeks ago with someone else, and I can't remember why now. Um, but it's a great sketch because, uh, well, I, I've mentioned to other people that I just read Phil Harmon's biography mm. that came out last year. Oh, I'd love to. Uh, and one of the overarching things was he always wanted a big character because that was the era of like Church Lady and Wayne Garth. Mm-hmm. But he didn't have that. He was always like the dad or impressions. Yeah. So like later in his run, that's when he started getting unfrozen caveman lawyer <laughs> and a couple other things that he's trying to do to make himself a bigger star. And then when he gets Bill Clinton, he's like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm good. Like I can handle Bill Clinton for a couple of years. And that's always the sketch that the, the most Bill Clinton sketch that I think he does. Yeah. Like, or at least the most famous one. Um, all right. So how do you, so you're, you did a video in college. You do videos in college with your friend. Mm-hmm. What brings you to the next step of comedy? Like, like you know, like a- actively doing shows. Yeah. And, and stuff. Um, well, I think because I I was I was working. This was uh, towards the end of my college career, and uh, my employees, uh, my employees, the people I worked with, uh, were just like, "Hey, you should do stand up." Mm-hmm. So I I said, "Okay." And I did an open mic, and uh, where was I, that? This was in at a bar in Delco that I don't think exists anymore. Okay, um, but I go there, and uh, people uh, at my work took uh, like they called babysitters, and so they like packed this little bar, wow. uh, just for the open mic, and because uh, they're like they're supportive people, very yeah. nice. And uh, we get there, and the bartender's like, "Oh, sorry, man." Um, uh, the guy with the mics didn't show up, so we're not going to have it tonight. <laughs> oh, that's crappy. So I'm like, okay, how about this? And I, I get up on stage anyway, and I just yell all my jokes. Um, oh, God, it was terrible. But do you, uh, do you remember any of those first jokes that you yelled? Oh, uh, there's something about Wizard of Oz. I remember I had like three or four jokes about the Wizard of Oz. Okay. Uh, had you just seen it like the, like the day before? I had just seen the like terrible ha- remake. The uh, like Zach Braff the, and James Franco. Yeah. Okay. And I had things to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after doing the uh, the stand up, I, I realized I need to get better at this. Mm-hmm. So I started taking uh, improv classes. Okay. At the Philly Improv Theater. All right. So let's go through that. Uh, One hundred and one. Who was your teacher? Fred Brown. Two. Uh, Kristen Shear. Three. Three was Mike Marbach. Four? Four was Nick Gillette. Did you do conservatory? I did not. Okay. Uh, all right, so you go through the full improv thing. Have you done any of the sketch classes? Yeah, I did sketch 101 with, with Brian Kelly. When was that, like, roughly? That was um, probably around the same time I was doing 201. Okay. Did you do sketch 201? I didn't. I would like to, but like, I'm never yeah. available when it's available. Yeah, I mean, well, for a while there, it was only available like every other. Mm-hmm. So maybe now that's more open. Um, so you're doing improv, and because I knew I knew you primarily as an improv person first. Like, okay, like whenever I heard the name Hodge, it was always in improv terms, not necessarily in sketch terms until recently. Yeah, how do we get that Hodge out of the scene? <laughs> um, no, not out of. Just <laughs> uh, so, what are you doing improv wise, like? Who are you working with? Are you 
I'm on uh, House Team Swan. Well, year. like even like back to start, like were you one of those people that after Improv 101, did you get a cl- like? Did you do an indie group right out of 101? Like yes, uh, <laughs> I did. Um, it was like the the day before the 101 graduation show, mm-hmm. and uh, somebody saw me do a Michael Caine impression okay. uh, on stage, and uh, so my first improv team was named Kevin. Right. Okay. So Ke- I know Kevin. I know Dan McClory. Yes. Was yeah. on Kevin. Mm-hmm. And that's all I remember. Uh, Emma Needleman. Okay. Uh, Marvin, um, yeah, it was, <laughs> fan- it was, uh, it was fantastic. Casey Hogan, who's on Fjord, or he was on Fjord, now he's on, uh, Hackett Park, I think, uh, is, uh, he was our coach, mm-hmm. and he was, like, my first improv coach, mm-hmm. and that's where I really learned, uh, that I was doing it wrong, and, uh, <laughs> and how, how to do it better-ish. Because Kevin was one of like the the first was it launchpad teams like yes where Fit kind of brought you in to and yeah. then it didn't last very long like as Kevin the group yeah we had um I want to say about a year maybe a little less than a year oh, okay it's not as bad as I thought it was mm. not as short I mean um so you you have Kevin mm-hmm. you're on a house team now mm-hmm. Swan Swanier you Swan- were saying yeah. yep um. So when do you start doing sketch more? Like, uh, Brian Kelly is the <laughs> answer to that. Um, yeah, after that sketch one hundred and one, um, I realized uh, how like how much I, like exactly how much I I loved sketch, mm-hmm. um, and I started coming to uh, what's the the midnight show? We sketch up, sketch up, up. yeah, sketch up, shut up, and. Uh, just love that and would would try and, and come out every chance I could. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember I, I I said, "Hey Brian, can we get can we get like coffee sometime and 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 talk about sketch?" And he's like, "Yeah, of course." Mm-hmm. He's like the nicest person in yeah. the world and knows more about sketch than anyone. And uh, so yeah, we, we met up at like a Saxby's, and uh, he told me pretty much how to. Um, get a show together and mm-hmm. and go to a theater and and kind of like produce it and put it on now you did last year i think it was last year maybe 2015 there's there something like hodges super fun time parody show that, that's okay i was right I, I i wasn't sure if it was just fun time or super fun time but i knew there was a fun oh. time in there at some point oh it was a super fun <laughs> time so that was that your first like full sketch show that you had put together like, yeah, I had um I had been a part of like other people's right. sketch shows and stuff and had had seen some things, but this was the first one that I had had done all by myself. Yeah, because like um I had gotten something in for Black Fri- Friday Con- Black Friday County Marathon, and I was trying to find people to be in stuff, and one was like just just ask Hodge, Hodge will do it. Like, <laughs> and I think I reached out to you on Facebook. But it was that thing with Facebook where if you're not Facebook friends. The message gets lost in the ether. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and, but then when we did that show at five o'clock in the morning, you're there in a, you're definitely like in your underwear or something. So you're you were doing a show like right after us, so it wouldn't have worked. Oh right, I was wearing well, an anyway. elf thong. Elf thong. Okay. Yeah. Elf thong. Yeah, I don't even think this the the show needed it. I was just like, <laughs> hey, I ha- I bought this. I'm gonna use it. <laughs> so, um. 
you mentioned beforehand you did Iron Sketch. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what your prop was for that? Yes, it was Wheel. Battle Wheel. And uh, who was your mentor? Brian Kelly, again. Was that, the, was that the month that he did both teams? He did do both teams, yeah. And and I think people on my team knew. I think people on the other team knew, but I didn't because I'm so dumb. And he kept alluding to it, just like, oh, you know, that other <laughs> that other guy is, is – uh, the other director is pretty good, too. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, cool, good for them, yeah. Was it your team that had Joe Tuzzi on a, on a – on the bike just falling off like over and over again back and forth yeah and he got hurt real bad <laughs> he got hurt really bad and we we did pretty much the same show for black friday comedy marathon okay. and he's like i'm gonna do it again <laughs> and he did and he got hurt real bad again <laughs> he put his body through the ringer but i mean the audience just ate it up i loved it i yeah i, I loved it because i'm like sitting in the back of the theater i'm like this that has to hurt because those bikes are pretty heavy, like. Oh yeah, yeah. He's rented falling an on your leg over and over again. <laughs> he rented an actual Indigo bike and yeah. wheeled it in, and he was a dad who was really adamant about biking, trying yeah. to get his son into it. But then it turns out he didn't even know how to get on a bike, <laughs> and just kept falling. Uh, just watching Joe Tuzzi just fall over and over again is pretty funny. So. Oh yeah. Um, and I think that was like a big thing because Joe Tuzzi had done Iron Sketch multiple times and he had never won, mm-hmm. but I think he that was his winning it was yeah so yay for joe tuzzi yeah I remember and for you yay thank you our our team name was uh goodwill hunting right and i i heart that so much <laughs> <laughs> so that was that your first like major time writing and performing yeah oh my god as sketch i remember being backstage my heart was pounding mm-hmm. i was trying so hard to look cool on the outside <laughs> um which never works but Oh my God! Inside, I could feel every beat. So that so you have that experience, and then you get to Hodge's super fun time parody show. Mm-hmm. Is that all you're writing? Like, yes. With, I mean, I'm assuming there was a cast of actors like mm-hmm. that you had, you know, tricked your friends into doing things, and yes, I tricked my uh, current uh, sketch duo partner Chris <laughs> McGee into being in it. Um. So, so is that from when? Or, Casey masterpiece starts like uh yeah it's probably it's probably a little after that yeah sure um so how does Casey masterpiece start um oh my gosh I remember I remember I was thinking about asking Chris McGee if he wanted to write some sketches with me mm-hmm. because I really liked his style uh and watching him at, at SketchUp and in other shows mm-hmm. uh, I loved uh, how as an actor he goes all in and uh, so we were standing outside of uh, Philly Improv Theater, and he he says, "Hey, uh, just like out of the like, hey, did you want to like collaborate on some stuff? Do you want to write some sketches?" And I had this like little schoolboy <laughs> moment where I was just like, "Yes, I was gonna say the same thing." Yeah, because like I mean, how you set that up? Like I can't help but think that asking someone else to collaborate with you is just as hard as asking someone out like on a date or like yeah like you know going for a first date because it's that same kind of nervousness that same kind of like oh i had already uh, bought like three tubs of ben and jerry's in case he said no <laughs> <laughs> the same kind of looming depression if it's not the right answer and 
But to be fair, I usually have three tubs of Ben and Jerry's. Well, not anymore. Um, right. <laughs> well, you shouldn't anymore, at least. Like, right, right. Uh, right. So, Casey Masterpiece, uh, you guys did a show at Sketchfest mm-hmm. Presents. You opened for uh, Catherine and Sarah? Catherine and Sarah. Last, yeah. last October, September, or... And that's the first time I got I get to saw you, see you guys, if I could use proper English. <laughs> um, was that the first like Casey masterpiece yep. branded? Yep. Um, so how did that come about? Like, where did the ideas for that come from? Uh, where did the uh, well we we knew we wanted to do it at uh, uh, Sketchfest, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we were talking and we had already had a couple ideas mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, I think some of our best sketches though come from when we um, when we email each other like a version and then the other emails back uh, with like you know notes or, or take out this line put this line here mm-hmm. and then we email back and back and back and then af- usually after like five or six emails uh, we have like a like a really solid mm-hmm. sketch that we both really like um do you find emailing back and forth is more helpful than actually like being in the same room together? Like, I mean, that works. Or is too. it just timing and it, that, that, other schedules that email is just easier? Uh, timing is definitely a factor too. Uh, but when I write, I I look really weird. <laughs> um, I have to like, because like I'm talking out loud to right. myself, and or I'm looking in the mirror and I'm doing a character or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of like to be by myself. Okay. Uh, yeah, because you do like inhabit characters. You are quick to put on an accent or like become someone else completely. Like, oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you didn't have to go that far, but yeah. um, so now that Casey Masterpiece is a thing, and uh, you guys are uh doing a show with Pleasure Blimp mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's the show going? Oh, it's it's coming along very nicely. It's pretty much, pretty much all right. Maybe uh, some minimal tweaking here and there. Is but it, is it just you and Chris, or do you have a uh, cast with you? Like, well, is there other people yeah, going to be involved? The first time we had other other actors, but mm-hmm. uh, this time it's just me and Chris. Okay, so it's a full, proper duo yes. work. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm really excited. So uh, you mentioned earlier about you know, your friend in college and doing silly stuff together, and then. Supportive coworkers push you to try stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. So, what's the draw to comedy? Why, why do you do it? Um, maybe for attention. Maybe because yeah. uh, I really like the feeling I get when I make somebody laugh. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can remember uh, being a, a, a very young kid. My parents would watch the news because they're boring people, and <laughs> I would uh, I would grab a stool and I would I would stand in front of the TV so that they couldn't watch it. <laughs> And I would give a fake news report, um, and God, I wish there was video of that. But they're boring people, so they didn't <laughs> so they take were it. Never, yeah. Were you an only child, like? Because that uh, sounds like only child, like. <laughs> yeah, right. I was for seven years. Okay. And, and then a accident happened, and my. Okay, so, and I've also learned that when there's a huge gap between siblings, mm-hmm. that there is still a bit of only child, like. Oh sure. Because I'm the youngest in my family, and the next, the next one is seven years older than I am. Mm-hmm. So like, not only do I have like all the youngest child like psychological stuff, <laughs> I also have only child, like stuff too. So, 
there's a part of me that totally just needs attention and yeah the world is just me 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 like yeah but for seven years everything was mine so <laughs> i was like really possessive i think didn't have to share didn't have to yeah. worry about other people's attention at all mm -hmm. um and then finally like you've been doing this for a while you know even going back to college and uh just who you were at college doing comedy to now is there something that you've learned about either comedy or even just what comedy has taught you about life that you could pass on to someone who's just starting um, or that you would pass on well it's, i was i was definitely a lot more offensive when i first started yeah um so i think i've learned that uh everybody you know is different and experiences different things and goes through different things and uh to write jokes or to do comedy um kind of respectful of that mm -hmm. um Oh my gosh, my early days, I probably offended so many people. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm a lot better with that now. And uh, were you like actively trying to be offensive with those early? Yes. Like I would say yes. I mean, I loved. Uh, like, say, is there a specific like inspiration, like comedy wise, that was like that you guys were like aping or trying to? I loved like like Will Ferrell movies, and they always seemed to be very uh offensive hmm. and uh like uh like anchorman was like one of my favorites mm -hmm. and I, I just thought it was like very offensive and like oh that's how you do comedy is by of by offending and uh even going back to strangers with candy when they were like very uh they yeah strangers with Can candy definitely would be offensive and like demeaning to people and, yeah uh, so that was just kind of my idea of comedy and then uh it kind of it broadened I yeah. realize you, you can be funny without being terribly mean to people. <laughs> yeah. Comedy doesn't have to be mean-spirited and hurtful, mm -hmm. or at least uh, potentially mean-spirited and hurtful, for sure. Yeah, I think that's a, a good lesson for somebody just starting out to, to know. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Do you have anything else? Uh, no, I think I'm it. All that's right. it. This was fun. Thanks, Hodge. Thank you. Chris Hodge will be performing as one half of Casey Masterpiece opening for Pleasure Blimp on February 23rd and 24th, 8.30 p.m. You can check out Hodge with Swan Year during the Saturday Night House Party at FIT. Go to fitcomedy.com for tickets and more information. And then the following weekend, the Bechtel Test Fest returns to Christchurch Neighborhood House. Shows start at 7 p.m. on Friday, March 3rd, and 1 p.m. on Saturday, March 4th. There, you'll see sketch acts such as The 19th, Cups and a Half, Catherine and Sarah, Youth Large, Manny Petty, and a ton of improv and stand-ups as well. Go to BechtelFest.com for more. My first sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at PhillySketchFest.com or on Twitter at PHLSketchFest. Also, for more information about comedy in Philly in general, head to WaterCooler.com. The music on the episode is by the band No-No, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. And of course, like my first sketch on Facebook, myfirstsketch.com, all that good stuff. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy. <laughs>